Praise God. Well, there's a lot of excitement in this house for one reason or another. And so glad that some of you decided that the best of your wardrobe had red in it for today. And I had to have red in my tie at least. Yesterday, um, my daughter, Michaela, and her husband, Jackson, came in for the weekend and we had a little party for Jackson. It was his birthday just a few days ago, and they live in Wentzville. And so we had to indoctrinate Jackson. He's from Des Moines. And uh, we, we bought him a pair of high-top Red Chiefs tennis shoes. I'm sort of disappointed he didn't wear them today. But he looks real good, real handsome. And we're so proud of him and Michaela. We're so glad that all of you are here today. And... Uh, there's not much difference between excitement and faith. There's really not much difference. So why don't you transfer, if you're more excited about 5.30 p.m., why don't you transfer that excitement to faith at 11.43 a.m. and see what God will do in this house today. Praise God. Just remain standing three Verses from Genesis 12, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, and I'm going to henceforth refer to him as Abraham. Abram means high father. Abraham means father of many nations. God changed his name. But just so there's no confusion, it's the same person after transformation. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family, away from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Now here's what I want you to notice before we read the last line of verse 2 and verse 3. So far, God is speaking to Abraham just about Abraham. Abraham, I'm going to do this in you, and, and I'm going to bless you. And, and now in the text, there's a shift. And God says, now, Abraham, your life, your faith is not just going to bless you, but your faith is going to affect others around you, particularly close to you. So the last line of verse 2, and you shall be. A blessing. You shall be a blessing to yourself. No. To those around you. Now notice verse three. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. Listen, if you're a covenant partner with the God of Abraham. Anybody blesses you, God will bless them. Anybody curses you, they are cursed by God. Have a nice day. That's just the way it works. Watch this now. And in you, Abraham, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Abraham, there's going to be something about your faith, your walk with me. The only man in the scripture that I will call my friend that will impact. And touch and bless every family on the earth. 
on the occasion of this outpouring service today, my message is entitled Pentecost for Every Family. Pentecost for Every Family. Everybody's going to help me preach by saying amen at least one time. Maybe seated. Most of you got your one amen out of the way. I'll take a couple more along the way. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost means 50. In the Jewish calendar, ancient Jewish calendar, it was 50 days from the annual remembrance of Passover, which was the night the Jewish nation was delivered from Egypt. 50 days to the perennial faith-filled holiday called Pentecost. Pentecost, you got to understand the ancient Jews were agriculturally oriented primarily. And Pentecost occurred at the mid-growing season of their crops. They would harvest early grain. They would bake two loaves of bread they would stand in their fields and they would wave these loaves of bread before the Lord in anticipation of the future harvest. In other words, they were saying, Lord, if you don't do it, it's not going to happen. And so we're just thanking you now for what you're going to do. The Holy Spirit was first poured out on that day of Pentecost in the Jewish calendar, approximately, give or take, 37 A.D. in an upper room in Jerusalem where 120 faithful followers of Jesus Christ had gathered for many days praying, fasting, waiting for the promise that Jesus said would come. And as Pastor Nathan quoted today, the Bible says in Acts 2, 2, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everybody say a sound. This circles back to John chapter 3, verse 8, when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus and he said, Nicodemus, you must be born of the water and of the spirit. He said that the wind blows where it wants to and you hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it came from or where it goes. Jesus said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Jesus, in that one statement, announced to Nicodemus and generations to come that when the Holy Spirit fell, that there would be a universal sound. There wouldn't be 20 different sounds or 100 different things, but there would be one universal sound. And I want to preach to you today that that sound is still being heard in the world today. Amen. There is a universal sound. And I believe before we leave this place today in the next few minutes, we will hear that sound from heaven once again. If you believe it, clap your hands to the Lord. And the Bible says that that sound in Acts chapter 2 verse 4 was that they heard them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. This divine eruption was not the beginning of a denomination called Pentecostalism. 
But it was much bigger than that. This was the birth of the church. The only church. There's only one church. And that is the church of the living God. It's not Catholic. It's not Baptist. It's not Lutheran. It's not Seventh-day Adventist. It's not non-denom. Amen. It's all believers who believe that Jesus is God and that he is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. It reaches beyond all denominations. Joel said that God was going to pour his spirit out on all flesh, on Baptist flesh and Catholic flesh and Lutheran flesh and heathen flesh. The Holy Ghost is a baptism that transcends the walls of a Pentecostal church. You're in a Pentecostal church today, but the Holy Ghost is bigger than us. And God is pouring out his spirit all over the world today. Hallelujah. In fact, while Peter was preaching after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, just outside the upper room, probably probably preaching at the temple by this time, spirit fell in the upper room. It migrated out into the streets. And before the day was over, 3000 were added to the Lord and baptized in water in the name of Jesus. Right there at all those mikvahs that are around the temple of, in Jerusalem. And Peter explained to the believers that had gathered, what's going on? They asked four questions. You know, are not all these which speak Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue when we're born? What does this mean? And finally, because they asked the first three questions, They asked the fourth question, men and brethren, what shall we do? Can I just throw this in here because I'm a preacher and I like to preach cool stuff. Four questions on the day of Pentecost. And I want to ask you, I don't know what church you've come from. I don't know what tradition you've come from if you're a guest here today. But I want to ask you, do people ask questions in your church? Because they ask questions on the day of Pentecost. If things are happening people have never seen before, people are going to have questions. If things are being heard that people have never heard before, people are going to ask questions. I'll be disappointed if there's no questions in this house today. I'll be very frustrated if nobody asks questions in this house today because something's going to happen in this place today that perhaps somebody has never seen before. You've never experienced it before, but if it's in the word of God, it's from God. God and it's for you. Peter said in Acts 2:32, Jesus God raised up. We're all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he Jesus poured out this which you now see and here. Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. If you know anything about the priestly language of Hebrews, Jesus is our high priest. And almost every second that he was on the cross, on the cross, he was doing something as our high priest. 
He was doing something like an Old Testament high priest would do in the tabernacle. But that's why the veil was torn in the tabernacle from the top to the bottom when Jesus died. Because we now have a new high priest. He is the only high priest we will ever need. And every moment on that cross and even in the upper room, he's doing the work of the priest. Did you know that in Numbers chapter 6? In the Old Testament priestly blessing, the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord set his countenance upon you and give you peace. Scholars believe that that was the closest thing that God could do for 4,000 years in the Old Testament to bring a blessing upon his people. But it got even better than that after the veil was torn. And our high priest, amen, he was the Lamb of God. So he was the sacrifice. He present to himself a glorious church. So he was the sacrifice he and he was the sacrificer because Jesus said, no man lays my life down, but I lay it down of myself. He was the lamb. He's the one who gave the lamb. He's the one who sacrificed the lamb. He's the one who presented the lamb unto himself. And he is the baptizer. He's the high priest that is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost. So when you receive the Holy Ghost today, you are going to be baptized with the spirit of Jesus Christ. If it's from Jesus, it's going to be good, right? Turn to somebody and say, if it's from Jesus, it's okay. Listen. Don't miss Acts 2.33. He poured out this, which you now see and hear. There's a lot of bad theology in Christianity about what happens when you receive the Holy Spirit. Some churches will preach that, well, when you believe, you automatically receive it. Well, we know that's not true because Paul asked the believers in Ephesus, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? It takes care of that. And then some people think that, well, when you receive the Holy Spirit, that, you know, you just it'll be like warm oil. Just flow from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I heard a guy one time explaining to another guy, now when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to feel like you're walking on a cloud. And that, seriously, that, I was in that service. That man was filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. He spoke with other tongues, a language that he did not know for 30 minutes, and he didn't believe he got the Holy Ghost because he didn't feel like he was walking on a cloud. Speaking in tongues. And didn't think he got the Holy Ghost because that guy said he's going to feel like he's... A lot of bad theology. So can I just preach the Bible? <laughs> that might not be a bad idea if we just get back to the word. Amen. Peter said, when the Holy Ghost comes, you're going to hear something and you're going to see something. And I will tell you, I have witnessed thousands of people, both in America, in Singapore, in Africa, in India, in, in Asia, in Europe, I have seen people be filled with the Holy Ghost all over the world, and it is a universal sound. You will hear it. You will see it. And that is that they will speak with other tongues. I can't explain it. I don't know exactly why he chose it, but that's what God wanted. And when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're being baptized by Jesus. Clap your hands if you believe it. Pentecostalism has significantly impacted the entire world. 
the outpouring at Azusa in Los Angeles, California, the birth of modern Pentecostalism, the preaching of William Seymour, the six years of that amazing, impacting revival. In just a few years, they sent 25 missionaries around the world, funded them. Amazing. Miracles, wonders, signs. One author said that he would have traded six months at Azusa Street for all the years of his life because how wonderfully blessed it was. Time magazine around the year 2000 reported in a special issue the top 100 events that have impacted the world in the last 1,000 years. Some of them were the Gutenberg Press, the Compass, the Declaration of Independence, the first television broadcast, the invention of penicillin, the French Revolution, the world's first restaurant. Listed at 63 was the invention of dynamite. And just five slots later, Pentecostalism made the list of the top 100 events. Time magazine, not theologians here. This is observers of human history said that Pentecostalism has impacted the world in the top 100. They only missed it by 67 slots. <laughs> Vincent Sinan in his book, Spirit Empowered Christianity in the 21st Century, published about 10 years ago, said that there are in the world today 600 million what he called Pentecostal slash charismatic believers. This means people that believe in God encounters, people that believe in miracles, wonders, signs, people that believe in the gifts of the spirit. Am I in a congregation today that believes in the supernatural visitation of God? And so I'm just going to toss this in right here, but why has Pentecostalism swept the world and why is it sweeping the world right now? Uh, Christian researcher, the equivalent of, uh, of uh, Gallup poll in Christianity is the Barna Research Group. And George Barna and his group said a few years back that 53,000 people are walking out of stained glass traditional dead churches every week and they are walking straight into congregations where something is happening, where the spirit is moving, where the fire is falling, where the miracles take place and the Holy Spirit is falling. Praise God. Why is Pentecost shaking up Christianity? Why does the Pope have to go to South America to stem the tide? Because people are walking out of traditional churches and they're walking into Pentecostal churches. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. Amen. Jesus said the wind blows where it wants to and you hear the sound of it and you can't tell where it came from or where it is going. Nobody can stop the wind. Nobody can hold the wind. Pentecost is falling all over the world and it's falling here today. Praise God. Praise God. I'm so glad that Pentecost is for every family. 
I'm so thankful that I could, that I was raised in a home where my parents believed that their children could be filled with the Holy Spirit. And my sister, Pam, is here today. We have a brother and another sister still living. And God filled us with the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues when we were but children. And I'm so glad that I could raise my children in a church, in a culture where they could be filled with the Holy Spirit. The best days of my life is the day I was baptized at age eight, filled with the Holy Spirit, age nine. The day I married the queen, November 25th, 1978. This will be 46 years this year. Still going strong. She's still crazy about me. As I am about her. Some more significant and important days in my life was the day my son, our pastor, received the Holy Ghost. The day my daughter Marissa received the Holy Ghost. The day my other daughter, Michaela, received the Holy Ghost. The day my son, Caleb, was filled with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, let me explain something if it's never happened to you. When a parent loves God and a parent is a Christian, then you want to transfer your values to your children. And Dobson, James Dobson said, you don't know if you've transferred your values successfully to your children until you see your grandchildren. It only takes one generation to lose Pentecostalism in a family. One generation. The Bible said that Moses discipled Joshua and the Joshua gener- Moses generation served the Lord and the Joshua generation served the Lord. And after Joshua and all of his contemporaries died and were gathered to their fathers, which is biblical language for in the cemetery, there arose Judges 2.10, there arose a generation that knew not the Lord, nor the works which he had done in Israel. And I made up my mind, my parents are gone, but I made up my mind, my children are going to know something about Pentecostalism. I want my children to feel what I felt. I want them to have what I have. And you know what? In a few minutes, when we call for anyone that wants to receive the Holy Spirit to come forward, some of my children are going to bring some of their children. And I prayed today, Lord, I want to see the Stan and Marlene Gleason, third generation, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to see my grand daughter and my grandsons filled with the Holy Ghost. Pentecost is for every family. And I thank God that as a parent, I was able to be there when my children contacted God. Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, that means the Jews, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Everybody say Father Abraham. Abraham is the faith father of every believer 
who believes in the God of the Bible. Abraham is the father of every faith believer who believes in the God of the Bible. If Abraham is our faithful and faith-filled father, then we as 21st century Pentecostal believers, we are his faithful and faith-filled sons and daughters. That makes us family. Turn to somebody and say, how you doing, family? So when God made this promise to Abraham, he said, Abraham, in you, every family on the earth is going to be blessed. If God had his way before he comes back, every family on the earth will experience the blessing of Abraham. What is the blessing of Abraham for every family? I've heard bad theology. I wish the world was as smart as I am. Once again, I've heard bad theology. You know, if you know me, you know I'm just goofing off. Some say the blessing of Abraham is prosperity. You know, the Jewish people, they're wealthy. My wife and I were just in Fort Lauderdale. Probably more Jews there than almost any other race. I've never seen such opulence in my life. $10 million homes with $20 million yachts pulled up next to them. And that's their winter house. Amazing. That's not the blessing of Abraham. Although they seem to be blessed. Is it large families? Is it wealth, prosperity? How is Abraham, who lived 4,000 years ago, able to bless every family on the earth today? What is the blessing of Abraham? I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible has the answer. I'm preaching the word to you today. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. Galatians 3.14, watch this, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, who's the baptizer, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement. The blessing of Abraham that's 4,000 years old is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God saw it 4,000 years ago and he couldn't wait to die on the cross. He couldn't wait to lay down his life so that every family could be a blessed family. I know preaching and that's good preaching. Wow. In fact, Peter said in Acts 2.39, for the promise is unto you and to your children. Pentecost for every family. I didn't get permission for this. Nikki, 
I saw you weeping in the presence of God today. Your son was on his face in the altar Wednesday night up in VSM for 30 minutes. And Jackson and some of the other kids were praying for him. That's Pentecost for every family. It's going to the next generation. You're handing it to the next generation. It's for you and your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. I pray today that a parent would receive the Holy Ghost and a child would receive the Holy Ghost and a grandchild would receive the Holy Ghost and a grandparent would receive the Holy Ghost today. It's the greatest gift. I mentioned my sister Pam. Wave your hand, Pam. We, our grandfather, Turner Gleason, I'm so glad that when a Pentecostal revival came to town, Oregon City, Oregon, about 100 years ago, this preacher pitched a tent. Grandma went. Why is it always the women first? Because they're more spiritual than us knuckleheads. She went to the meeting. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She came home. She said, Turner, you, you've got you to be filled. He came the first night. He didn't receive it. Came another night. Didn't happen. A couple more nights. Finally, dad told the story. He gave his keys to his wife, my grandmother, and said, you take the kids home. I know it's two miles back to the house, but you go home. I'm not coming home without the Holy Ghost tonight. And I'm glad to tell you that he walked at midnight, two miles in the dark, but he was lifting his hands. He was speaking with tongues. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about Pentecost for every family. My parent, my dad received the Holy Ghost. All seven of his brothers and sisters were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's over 150 direct descendants and some of his grandchildren are here today. Amen. Tony and Donna and Pam and I and others. And we're here today to the fifth and the sixth generation because grandpa said I'm not coming home without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and it's for you and it's for your children praise God praise God Pentecost for every family did you know that listen to this carefully Jesus family was present on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit fell. What was that like? What was that like for Jesus' four brothers to be there? And the Bible says he had sisters. We don't know how many, but at least two. What was that like? Let me tell you what it was like. The reason that Jesus' mother, Mary, was there on the day of Pentecost is Acts 1. Read it. Mary, the women, and his brothers were there. Why is Mary there? Why is Jesus' sisters there? Why is his brothers there? Because Jesus was authentic. He was not fake. He wasn't like this high, mighty, you know, soapbox preacher dude. 
you know, who was untouchable by his family, but he was real. Amen. And when he was on the cross, they, they, they doubted him at first, but their hearts and their minds were changed somewhere to the point that 50 days later, they find themselves in the upper room. Jesus is the real deal. My kid brother, my big brother, James is thinking, my big brother suffered and bled and died for me. He was the Messiah. He was the sacrifice. And James is speaking in tongues. And Joseph is speaking in tongues. And and Mary is speaking in tongues and his sisters are speaking with tongues because Jesus was authentic. If he was fake, they would have never been there, but it was real and his entire family, his earthly father, Joseph now passed and Pentecost is for every family. When the Holy Spirit is being poured out early, in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 42, the Bible says they went in the temple and in every house. That's code for the Holy Ghost is falling on families. Every house, every house, every house. The prophet Joel said, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to be for your sons and your daughters. It's going to be for everybody in the household. Praise God. When Peter went to Cornelius's house, the Bible said while he was yet preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God and his entire household, his wife, his children. It wasn't just Cornelius out in a cottage prayer meeting somewhere by himself, but he wanted his wife to be filled. He wanted his children to be filled. And when Paul comes to Lydia down by the river and he's preaching to Lydia, her entire house is baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And Paul and Silas in the jail in Philippi, the jailer comes in when the jailhouse is rocked and he thinks they've escaped but their praise made a difference Pastor Nathan and they and the the jailer was baptized that night and his household. Oh, I'm telling you, it's Pentecost for every family. It's Pentecost for every family. You say, well, I'm the only one in my family. I'm the only one in my family. Well, be the first one. (laughs) Be the first one. 2014, passing the mantle. Brother Stone King's preaching. Gabby, would you please stand? There's a young adult named Gabby Bowman. She'd never been to this church before 2014, but she was stalking Lee Stone King on YouTube. If he only knew, he wouldn't be single today. (laughs) She was a young adult, and she finds out he's preaching here, and she shows up. Where were you standing, Gabby? You were over there. And she said, Brother Stone King came over and prayed with her. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. But it's Pentecost for every family. And stand up, Malachi. Put some Malachi praise on just for a minute. Come on. If, that's it. You're famous. Little Rosemary, my granddaughter, she said, Mama. You're inspiring children. 
to worship. He's never been in this church before, but it's Pentecost for every family. God fills him with the Holy Ghost. Stand up, Simeon and Nushin. Nushin. What is it? Your old religion? I even asked her to pronounce it for me and I wrote it down, but my notes are up there. Zoroastrianism. It's an ancient religion from Iran. Her family's beautiful. I've met her, her father. He's a, he's a precious man. One of the most kind, gentle people I've ever met. But he doesn't have the Holy Ghost yet. But his daughter came with Simeon. They were married. And we married them after they came here. And God filled Gabby's sister-in-law, brother, brother with the Holy Ghost. It's Pentecost for every family. I'm wondering, I'm wondering, who is God dealing with right now in your family? Who is God reaching for right now in your family? Pastor, Pentecost for every family in Kansas City. Every family in Kansas City. It's coming. It's falling. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. It's for you and for your children and to all who are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Pastor has called for our altar team. They're coming right now. Listen, please let me have your attention. In your house, apartment, duplex, Airbnb, wherever you live, turn it into a worship center. The Holy Ghost can fall in your house. Michaela, my daughter, was teaching a Bible study to a woman who'd never been to this church. She never heard anybody speak with tongues. About the third lesson, the Spirit fell on that woman. Michaela said, just lift your hands. And I got a picture of her. She's receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking with other tongues. She never heard it before. It doesn't take practice. It doesn't take a three-hour class. It just takes faith. And reaching for Jesus. The Holy Spirit can fall in your house, your car, your office, anywhere. I know a man named Daryl Winnicky. He was driving his car in a Minnesota snowstorm. He had to stop the car. He got out and knelt in a snowdrift in a blizzard. God filled him with the Holy Ghost with snow coming down on top of him. It's wherever you are when you're hungry. It's wherever you are when you're ready. I'm telling you, the conditions here are perfect. The conditions here are pristine. The conditions here are ripe for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost. We've worshiped. You've heard the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, parents, if you have children under the age of 12 and you want them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to bring them here to the middle area. Just bring them here to this area right in here. Come on. I want to see my grandchildren come on down here. Come on. Here come some Sunday school teachers. Come on, children. Under 12 or 12 and under. 12 and under. Come on, children. Just stand right here in front. Beautiful. Just stand right here. Just stand right here. Here they come. Oh, here comes my grandbabies. 
Here comes these children. Come on, here they come. Come here in the middle. Come over here in the middle. Come here in the middle. Can I give a, can I give a word to any mom or dad that's here today? If your child receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit today and you've not yet received it, it's for you. It says for you and your children, but we'll say it's for your children and you. Children, I want you to face, face me up here, okay? Turn up here, face this way. Now, is there anybody, any adults in these three sections you would like to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Just come on up in this area right over here. Just come on right now. Come on. Can we have the praise team up here? Just come on up here. Come on. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter if, you, if you're going to be in, a, in another church tomorrow with another denomination. It doesn't, it's irrelevant. This is not joining a church. This is being born of the Spirit. Don't feel like you're dishonoring your pastor. In fact, if you've never been baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, you've never had your sins washed away. Now, what you did was great. It's exciting. And we don't take anything away. But the biblical mode, model, and method of baptism in the New Testament is by immersion. It's in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Anybody else over here want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Anybody want a refilling? You just feel like you need a refilling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Anybody in these three sections over here? Just come and stand. Come on with us. Come on. God's going to pour out his spirit. Come on. Beautiful. Just come on up. All the way up here. Keep coming. Keep coming. Come where there's somebody standing. Beautiful. I'm excited. Holy Ghost is about ready to fall in this place right now. Come on. This is beautiful. I see a mother that's coming expecting a baby any day. Maybe that baby will leap in her womb when she's being filled with the Holy Spirit today. Come on. You believe that? Clap your hands like you believe it. Come on. All right, listen carefully. Just one minute of instruction. Can I have everybody's attention? Especially those who have come for the Holy Spirit. Listen, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to repent. That means we're going to turn from our sins, all of us, everybody in this room. I want everybody to repent. I don't care how long you've been saved, sanctified, justified, and petrified. Everybody repents. I repented in my office this morning. I'm going to repent again right now. We, the Lord will not come in an unclean vessel. We need to repent. If we confess our sins, he'll forgive us our sins. And then we're ready for the Holy Spirit to come in. Are you ready? If you don't know how to pray a prayer of repentance, you can pray some of the things I'm praying. If you know how to do it, go ahead and do it right now. Lord, we just turn to you. We turn from sin. We turn from disobedience. Lord, we're having a turning right now. We're walking away from drugs, from addiction, from pornography. We're walking away from anger, Lord, that hurts other people. We're walking away, Lord, from words that we speak that cut and, and, and slice and dice up other people. Lord, we're turning from behaviors and attitudes, Lord, that are not right, that don't please you, God. We're turning from our sins right now, Lord. God, we're asking you to forgive us. We're sinners. We're sinners, oh God. We're calling on you, Lord, for salvation right now. In the name of Jesus, have mercy on us, oh God.
Cleanse us, oh God. Wash us in the waters of baptism, Lord. Have mercy on me, oh Lord. God, I'm turning today. I'm walking away from everything that I know is wrong. Everything I know that condemns me and destroys me and tears me apart and is no good for me. I turn from it today. Lord, you will help me to never go back to it. You will help me, oh Lord, to move forward and forget those things which are behind and reach for those things that are before. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, if you believe the Lord has forgiven you of your sins, why don't you clap your hands and celebrate it? Why don't you open your mouth and thank him? Thank him. Thank him for it. Thank him for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I tell you what I see up here. I see some godly sorrow. I see tears. Godly sorrow works repentance. All right. Last call. Of course, you don't have to be up here to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to fall. How many will raise your hand if you can let the Holy Spirit fall on you? Come on. You're going to let it fall on you? All right. Now, my mentor, Billy Cole, who saw over a million people receive the Holy Spirit. This is how he taught me and others to call down the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to just follow his textbook. And on the faith of my deceased bishop, Billy Cole, what we're going to do in a moment, I'm going to have you lift your hands, throw your head back like this. And when I count to three, I want you to shout with all you can the name of Jesus. And when you do it, I want you to think about Jesus, that he's the baptizer. And then just start loving him and tell him, tell him how much you love him. Tell him you worship him. Tell him you give your life to him. Praise God. And he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Is everybody ready? Is everybody ready? These that have come forward, are you ready? I want you to lay your hand on somebody's forehead to receive the Holy Ghost right now. Now, if you want to receive it, lift your head up. Lift your hands up. On the count of three, shout Jesus. One, two, three. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. That's it.